And when I saw my arm slung over my sister's shoulder, and yet I couldn't feel it, I, I, I knew something awful had happened. Well, the doctors told me I'd broken my neck, I'll never use my hands or my legs again. And Nick, I remember thinking in the hospital, paralyzed, lying there, knowing that I would have to sit down for the rest of my life in a wheelchair. I remember thinking, God, is, the, is this your idea of an answer to prayer? Mm. To be drawn closer to you? Mm. I, I just couldn't understand it. What are you doing? How could you have taken me so seriously? Hi everyone, I'm Nick Vujicic and I'm so blessed and honored that you've decided to join me today for this month's interview with Champions for the Brokenhearted. First, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of our donors and everyone who supports us and daily prays for us. With your generosity, we are able to accomplish all that God has called us to do here at Life Without Limbs and we want you to know that you are such an important part of the mission. Thank you, and may God continue to bless you and your families. I invite you also to check out the Circle of Champions where you can actually be a part of what God is doing through the ministry. If you're not in the Circle of Champions yet, check it out because you're going to be receiving some really cool bonus content. This month, the month of March, Champions for the Brokenhearted is highlighting the disabled. And I'll tell you right now that I'll never forget when Johnny Erickson Tata came up in conversation with me and my mom when I was a kid. And my mom said to me in Australia, son, you have no limbs, but look at this woman of God. She is strong. Johnny Erickson Tata, an incredible hero of the faith in our books here at Life Without Limbs, a dear friend, generous sister in Christ who allowed Life Without Limbs to have our very first office space in the International Disability Center here in Agora Hills. This is where we're filming. And I'll tell you right now, if you have not heard of the story and the incredible legacy of worldwide impact for families affected with disabilities and the disabled themselves to spark incredible faith, courage, tenacity, and just true, true, incredible witness for the Lord, I'll tell you right now, millions of people will never be the same because of Johnny Erickson Tata and the Johnny and Friends Ministry. Mm -hmm. It is my honor to be here in person with someone who has been the most incredible inspiration to me, having a handicap herself, who truly embraces the grace of God, Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny, I love you so much. Oh, oh, well, Nick, with an introduction like that, I feel like I should, should uh, stand up and salute or something. That was quite an introduction. Good to be with you and, of course, all of our friends watching. Wonderful to be here with you. And you and I, we have something in particular that the world may not understand. It's every time that we are in a better position to hug. I know. It's kind of like put the head forward. Yeah. Get the hug, head, hug, head <laughs> hug. Absolutely. But anyway, I, I like you, Nick. Um, I have looked at other people with disabilities and I've seen their limitations and especially people living in developing nations. And I'm thinking uh, like your mom told you, like if that lady can do it with what she's struggling with, her circumstances, then certainly the grace of God is going to be powerful in your life. 
right? All these years. Amen. Amen. You are the epiphany and illustration given by the Holy Spirit to the world that when you go by faith and not by sight and you go and sin no more, you put the G-O, the word go, in front of the word disabled. It mm. spells God is abled to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask, imagine, or attain. Mm, and mm. the joy of the Lord mm. oozes out of you. My favorite thing about spending time with you is that any given moment, you just break out in song. Oh, absolutely. Your name is a strong and mighty power. Amen. I mean, I was singing that on the way to work this morning. Amen. God is our power. He is our strength. Nick, I often say this. I wake up in the morning and... Sometimes it just is so overwhelming, not having hands at work or feet that walk, but uh, you know about that. But also pain. Mm -hmm. Do you deal with pain? Not as much. I'm, I'm maybe, maybe a fraction of a fraction of where you're at. Okay. I have some pain, but you, yeah. my sister. Well, I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking, I can't do this, Jesus, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know that's the way you live. It's the way I live. And hey, I'm honored to be one of the... Uh, Champions of the brokenhearted that you mentioned. You are one of the greatest anointed and appointed for our time, especially for Gen Z to get to know you, mm. Johnny. I, I, you know, we, we're so thankful for many, many millions of people out there who have been affected and changed and even nations affected with bringing in dignity for the disabled and, and opportunity and wheelchairs through Wheels for the World and so many incredible ministries we'll get into like the mm. family retreats but johnny for the people who don't know your story tell us about how god got your attention and how he rescued your soul and how the joy has become in the lord center point from teenager onward okay well i'll be quite honest quite frank uh, quite blunt uh, when i was a teenager i was sure i had accepted jesus as my savior but I kind of tucked him in the back of my Levi jeans pocket and really did not follow him day by day as I should have. Mm. Um, I, I thought that coming to Christ would, would give me uh, a new boyfriend. I would lose weight. I would get good grades at school. I'd be uh, put on an accommodation, uh, academic recommendation to my favorite college. I just thought every, all the chips were going to line up for me. And so it was all about me. And uh, even when I finally did get that boyfriend, that was not the best thing. Mm. Because I would do one thing with my boyfriend on a Friday night, but then I'd get up on Sunday morning, go to church, and feel full of guilt, mm. confessing my sins, promising God, oh, I won't do that again, Lord. But then the following week, it would just be a cycle of sin. And I, I enslaved myself, I entrapped myself in, in a world of sin out of which I could not break free. And so finally, somewhere before high school graduation, I remember praying, Jesus, I'm not living as I should. I'm being a hypocrite. Um, I'm doing one thing with a boyfriend and yet confessing another thing around my Christian friends. I can't stand to live like this. Mm. I don't want to shame you further when I go off to college. Do something in my life that's going to really jerk it right side up. Because um, I, I, I can't do it. I'm just powerless. Do anything, God. I prayed that prayer, and about two weeks after high school graduation, back in 1967, um, I went for a swim on the Chesapeake Bay with my sister, dove into some shallow water, 
hit my head on a sandy bottom and cracked my, cracked my neck back and I could feel a crunch. My spinal cord severed and I was floating face down in the water. My sister thankfully saw that I had not uprighted myself. She quick came, rescued me. I'm spitting, sputtering, gasping for breath, almost drowning. And when I saw my arm slung over my sister's shoulder and yet I couldn't feel it, I, I, I knew something awful had happened. Well, the doctors told me I'd broken my neck. I'll never use my hands or my legs again. And Nick, I remember thinking in the hospital, paralyzed, lying there, knowing that I would have to sit down for the rest of my life in a wheelchair. I remember thinking, God, is, the, is this your idea of an answer to prayer? Mm. To be drawn closer to you? Mm. I, I just couldn't understand it. What are you doing? How could you have taken me so seriously? And I think that's when the depression began to grip me and doubts about God's goodness and how he could be trusted with prayer. <laughs> so many questions in my heart. But thankfully, Nick, there were Christian friends who came around me, supported me, uh, came to the hospital with their guitars and, and uh, CDs and singing songs and flipping through magazines with me and, and uh, keeping me connected with reality and loving me, bringing in sugar cookies, peanut butter cookies. <laughs> I, I don't know, they just loved me. And because they loved me, they, they kind of won the right to be heard, you know? So when they finally opened up their Bibles, this time I really listened. I listened to what God might have to say to me. And uh, the first thing I heard him say was, Johnny, Psalm 62, verse eight, trust in the Lord at all times. God, you mean this? <laughs> this includes those all times? Yes, Johnny, trust me. And Nick, I, I had nowhere else to go. I was backed up against a corner. I didn't wanna feel sorry for myself for the rest of my life. And so I said, God, I have nowhere else to go. You're the one who's got the words of life. Show me, what, how am I supposed to live? If I can't die, show me how to live. And uh, I don't know, for the past 55, 56 years in this wheelchair, he's been, he's been showing me how to live. And I'm finding new things about him every day that are worth trusting. Amazing, amazing. Me and my whole family and our ministry, we have known firsthand the impact of such a ministry. But before you started the ministry, how did, how did God bridge you and your heart and your mind to, okay, God, I'm getting to know you. Mm. I know you're there. I know you can heal me. Mm -hmm. And if you don't choose to heal me, I still want to live for you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that, that healing process in your broken heart healed because there are many people who are watching today who have families that are, have affected with disabilities or they might be handicapped mm -hmm. themselves and and they're kind of in that place right now um god i i know that you're there mm -hmm. i don't understand i know that you can heal me i mean you've had many people when they say, I want to pray for you, go for it. You know, I mean, yeah. I have a pair of shoes in my closet. We believe in God's mm. miraculous power. Mm. Mm. But the, the miracle of healing that broken heart of young Johnny, mm. tell us a little bit about that. Well, real quickly, um, there were these Christian friends, like I said, uh, committed, faithful, constant. And um, one of them came up beside my hospital bedside and said, Johnny, I'm gonna say something, 10 short words that I think might change your life. God permits what he hates 
to accomplish what he loves. And I kind of looked at him askew, and I didn't quite get what he was trying to say. And he said, Johnny, look, look at Jesus. Think of all the awful things that happened to him. Torture, murder, treason, injustice, all of it leading to his crucifixion. How can any of that be God's will? I mean, it's awful, it's terrible suffering. And yet God permitted what he hated, all those horrific things, to accomplish something that he loved. Mm. That being crucified on that cross meant salvation for a world of sinners. Mm. So the world's worst murder becomes the world's only salvation. And he said, Johnny, the same is true for your life. God permitted what he hated. He took no delight when you broke your neck. He takes no delight in multiple sclerosis or osteogenesis imperfecta or, or muscular dystrophy or, or autism or Alzheimer's or any number of different disabling conditions. He takes no delight in those things. He permits what he hates, though, to accomplish that which he loves. And mm. he said, Johnny, maybe God really was answering that prayer, mm. turning a headstrong, stubborn, rebellious teenager who was just insistent on getting things her way. He, he turned that, that rebellious teenager into a into a young woman, Johnny, I believe you're gonna be a young woman who will exude something of grace, peace, perseverance, joy, um, bravery, courage, endurance, um, uh, happiness. I mean, re real joy, Johnny. I think that's, that's God's purpose for you. And so slowly, Nick, instead of looking for the outside healing, although I really want to get out of this wheelchair. Mm. I started to focus on maybe there's a deeper healing, an inside healing, something down deep that's supposed to happen to me. And so I began partnering with God's spirit to do just that. God, help me embrace the inner healing that you want to do in my heart. And then you'll take care of the outward stuff as I grow in you. And, and, and real quickly, Nick, this question about healing. Um, when I look at Jesus's priorities, I, I think they're pretty much clear in scripture that even though he healed withered hands and blind eyes, um, he said, if that hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If that eye that I just healed leads you astray, gouge it out. And right there I saw his priorities, that although God is concerned about our exterior our physicalness. He's much more interested in the healing of what happens on the inside. And of course, you know all about that, I'm sure. Johnny, this is this is an amazing conversation. Everyone I'm here with, John Erickson Tata, founder of Johnny and Friends, a ministry. If you haven't heard of it, go to johnnyandfriends.org right now and check out the newsletters. It's a global ministry that's committed to bringing the gospel and practical resources to people impacted by disabilities around the world. And I want you to know that for me in my life, when I first heard about Johnny, um, I, I, I really, what I want everyone to, to understand is, first of all, if you're a teenager and you're a little hard-headed right now, I hope that you got, I mean, I hope that God's got your attention. Well, well, you know what? People don't have to break their neck to get close to God. Oh, come right. on. What a right. sentence. Seriously. People don't need to break their neck to get close to God. Right. God, you, you, you can use whatever circumstances he's put you in to, to push you into the arms of Jesus. doesn't have to be a broken neck. I love it. Lord Jesus, we pray for mercy upon everyone right now <laughs> that you would bring us closer to you. Amen. Yeah, this amen. is what it's all about. Absolutely, sir. Um, 
Johnny, how did how did the heart for other people who who are affected with disabilities come to a point of focus for mm, you mm. as an individual and mm. wanting to say, God, if if you healed me and your priority was to yeah. rescue my soul and heal my broken heart, help me to be an instrument in your hands. How did that happen? Well, real quickly, Nick, um, like you, I mean, you've been catapulted to global uh, fame and phenomena. Uh, but back in the 70s, uh, a, a very a, a similar thing happened to me when I um, appeared on a national television program and it, it uh, kick-started a book and the book was published and uh, Billy Graham read it and, and then I started speaking on crusades. And before you know it, I'm traveling the world myself, speaking way back when. And I'll never forget, I went to the Philippines in 1980. Well, I can't remember when it was, the early, early 1980s. And I was speaking at a pastor's conference and it was during the monsoon season. And as we were wheeling to the entrance to the stadium, uh, there was an umbrella being held over me. And I looked across the muddy street and I saw a woman paralyzed, dragging herself through the muddy street, trying to dodge traffic. She gets up on a landing and she sidles up to the back door of a restaurant, sits there and waits. And I asked my pastor host, I said, who, who is that woman? And so we, we know her well. She's respected in this community, but she has so very little and she's waiting for a handout. She would never say that she is begging. We love her so. And I thought, this shouldn't be. Hmm. It, it should not be that people created in the image of God should have to drag themselves through the mud and wait for a handout because they're hungry. And I remember coming home from the Philippines on the airplane, praying, God, if there's anything that I can do to partner with you to make her life better or the lives of people like her, millions of them with disabilities around the world who have so little, if there's anything that you can do to use me to make a difference in her life and others' lives. Do it, Jesus, please. Mm. I want to expend my life. I want to empty my life on behalf of people like her mm. with disabilities who don't even have a wheelchair. And and so that's what kick-started uh, Johnny and Friends. By the way, it's spelled J-O-N-I, although my daddy uh, was very happy uh, that I was a girl. I got named <laughs> after him, but it's, it's, it's spelled J-O-N-I rather than Johnny, as you would normally think. So that's what started Johnny and Friends so many years ago, back in 1979. And um, so now we, as you said, have a global outreach to people with disabilities around the world, delivering wheelchairs, Bibles, uh, hundreds of thousands of wheelchairs, and um, providing retreats for families with special needs, not only here in the United States, but, but in developing nations. And Nick, every, every morning when I get up, I think, Jesus, if there's any way you can squeeze any more ounce of effort mm. out of this paralyzed body to serve others who have nothing, literally nothing, then I'm all in. Use mm. me, Jesus. Mm. So that's how it got started, and, and that's pretty much what we're doing. I'll never forget uh, when Life Without Limbs actually went um, and partnered with Wheels for the World that has changed so many lives, bringing mobility and the hope of the gospel to people impacted by disabilities. I mean, shipping containers full of wheelchairs. And, and when you go out into the world, I don't know, my friends who are watching, if you've ever seen poverty, if you've ever seen somebody in, in, in an impoverished city or country 
where they even makeshift wheelchairs or even get dragged on mattresses around if they need to go from place to place. And I've, I've seen poverty for the first time in 2003. I'll never forget it. I was nearly 21 years old. And when you see someone without those basic necessities and, and even a cultural equality, wherein there are some countries still today that if a woman gives birth to a disabled son or daughter, that she's ostracized from community, divorced straight away. And still in, in today's age, can you believe that some babies are absolutely neglected and, and, and children who are living? But I'll tell you, when Johnny and Friends comes in through wheels for the world to preach the gospel that every single family affected with disabilities has not been forgotten that what the enemy tried to use for bad god can turn into good that when you when you don't get a miracle you can still be one and still have the joy of the lord and and it's one thing to to read it in the bible where don't go up to someone without clothes and say god bless you and not give them clothes that's exactly what the heart behind johnny and friends really is and recently opened an international wheelchair restoration center in el salvador get this that trains and employs people with disabilities i mean talk about a full arc of coming alongside a nation to come alongside and hug and mobilize and equip those who are neglected often in the world. This has been a recent mm -hmm. opening, Johnny. Can you tell right. us more about this exciting project? It is. You know, you mentioned earlier about babies, children with disabilities, born with uh, disabling conditions, being neglected. Uh, often those babies will end up in dumpsters. Uh, they'll end up being buried alive, choked starved. So it's not just a matter of uh, helping individuals. You want to change culture. You want to change the way a nation looks at disability. Of course, that can only happen through uh, Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can give people a sense of strong value of, of individuals with disabilities who are indeed created in the image of God. So so it's not just a matter of delivering wheelchairs, we've mm. got to change culture. Mm. And the way we change culture is, is giving people disabilities uh, hope, dignity, respect, of course, in embracing the gospel of Christ, but also giving them a job, giving them a place of employment. Um, so this International Restoration Center uh, is all about employing people with disabilities, uh, because you mentioned uh, shipping cargo containers of wheelchairs, that's great, but wouldn't it be even better if we could use the wheelchairs on site and repair those and restore those wheelchairs in country and use people with disabilities uh, in employment to actually do that job, give them a sense of worth, give them an opportunity to uh, support their own family, support themselves. So slowly, we're, we're, we're all about changing individuals by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then shaking that salt and shining that light out into the community and into the countryside and indeed even the nation so that all people with disabilities will become to be respected. And the International Restoration Center uh, is just the start of other centers to be replicated all around the world. Wow, we're pretty excited. wow, I'm so excited about all those programs um, and how the church can be the hands and feet with Wills for the World and 
yes, we could talk about for hours and hours about all the amazing layers qualitatively of Wheels for the World missions and, and even how uh, the ministry um, engages with uh, inmates within prison facilities worldwide to build wheelchairs and feel like there is a, a, a God-given purpose for their own life, even to this point, to being a part of someone else's miracle through the ministry. Johnny, we can talk about Wheels for the World all day long, but I want you all, friends who are watching, to understand as well that Johnny and friends has also started an international family retreat and warrior getaway for Ukrainians held in Germany and Poland. Right now, like you are not slowing down. You're continuing to be the hands and feet on the front lines, especially in countries that are broken, war-torn, and, 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 and really desperately need help. Well, here we are in March of 2023, and a little over a year in that uh, since the war in Ukraine began, and Russia has mounted a spring offensive, and so the bombs are, are falling, even though we might not see it in U.S. news, but uh, the plight of disabled people in Ukraine is even more desperate than ever. Um, we have helped evacuate over 600 families affected by disability and uh, relocated them in countries like Switzerland, Germany, and in the Netherlands, providing um, not only support for them, medical supplies, um, and also finding them housing that's accessible, but also giving them uh, the gospel. These people uh, come out of Ukraine wounded, uh, weary, uh, burdened, and they have to leave so many other family members, sometimes their husbands, behind who are fighting. And so um, we run retreats for families affected by disability uh, in, in Holland and in uh, other countries, Germany, one in Hungary, so that these people can get a little bit of a respite. But the rescue efforts are still going on out of Ukraine. Our, our in-country uh, partner, um, Galina Zimbel, is, uh, is coordinating and networking the evacuation of so many more people with disabilities out of Ukraine, especially during the spring offensive that Russia is mounting even now. Mm -hmm. And so thank you, Nick, for, for highlighting champions of the brokenhearted because it's not just me. It's, it's, it's not just my efforts or even my team's efforts. All of us can be mm. concerned. All mm. of us should be concerned. Mm. And there are ways that all of our friends who are watching can get involved, whether in your ministry, uh, my ministry, whichever, to make a difference for Christ among the world's neediest, lowliest, forgotten, lost, little, and last. Mm. These are the ones that we need to reach for the Lord Jesus. Mm. Johnny, I know your heart for the next generation and university students who obviously we've seen now how the world has has put a lot of us in a in a spot where we're witnessing anxiety and depression across the globe like never before in able bodied but broken hearted people still on the inside. Um, and, and, and not only have you seen the joy of the Lord as he's used you and your team and the ministry to go and heal another broken heart in that purpose-driven mission, you also want to engage university students across the globe, yes. but especially here in America, to go and volunteer and engage for themselves in even a, a combative sense in, in the spiritual for their own sake to see, hey, we're not just here to survive this life and just get through college mm. and just get 
to a certain point that we think is going to be satisfying here on earth, but getting engaged in what the Lord has for the next generation to go out and be with the brokenhearted, go yes. out and, and go to the family retreats and encourage these families and children affected with disabilities. I'll never, uh, never forget the several keynotes that I've had at family retreats. And here I am thinking, yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to come and encourage, you know, <laughs> yeah, anybody yeah. there. And I'll be going soon in Dallas with um, uh, with the Johnny Erickson Tata team out there in Dallas, yep, yep. the Johnny and friends. And every time I go to some of these incredible opportunities, I walk away speechless. Oh. My heart full and and me being ministered more than anything, me feeling like I've imparted anything, you know what that yes, feels yes. like when God wants to now use us to be his hands and feet, all of us, and, and a call to action for university yeah. students in America. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, but real quickly, when people ask me, uh, man, I'm just so depressed, I can't get rid of this discouragement, this heavy cloud over my head. What do I do? And my first advice is always get up in the morning, take a hot shower, get dressed, go out the door and find somebody else who's hurting worse than you are and, and, and be a difference in their lives. And so thank you, Nick, for being a champion of that, for calling uh, your, your friends who watch our friends um, to be engaged in service because it's always better to give than to receive, isn't it? It's always so healing. And uh, part of uh, what we love to do at Johnny and Friends is to engage young people in just that. So we're working with a number of universities that have nursing programs, programs for physical therapy, occupational therapy, and we're encouraging these young people to come and intern with us here at Johnny and Friends, um, teaching them to give respite to uh, families with special needs in their own communities who just need a little bit of a break. They need somebody to come in, learn their child's routine so that mom and dad could go have dinner together. That kind of a thing. Just simple ways of serving. Practicing just a little bit of Christianity with its sleeves rolled up, but then getting engaged to even uh, come and serve with us on a Wheels for the World outreach. Um, oh, I'm so excited because this summer we've got a, an internship uh, team coming from Shepherd's College, a group of intellectually disabled young people who are serving as interns are going to go to Brazil and minister to other families down there. That is awesome! It is! So that moms and dads in Brazil will see these young people with intellectual disabilities serving wow. in positions of leadership and they'll think, wow, what my own kid might not might be able to do one of these days. So. Just, just serving, just finding ways to, to meet the need, not waiting around to be asked, but take the initiative, be proactive, find a way to go out there and be salt and light. Mm -hmm. If someone is watching from a local church in America and they're like, well, I may not go to a missions field and, and this is amazing to check out the family retreats. And please, please, please go to johnnyandfriends.org and look for the information and, and ask God, God, how would you have me as one member of my local church in my community to move the needle and make a difference and go serve a family and be your hands and feet who are affected with disabilities? 
There are so many ways that your church can engage the conversation in even from your week to week services, um, being educated in how to uh, take the approach and welcome families with disabilities uh, in your own church. There's so many resources yeah. on your website. It's so amazing. And so this is this is so exciting. I, 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 <laughs> I've never even heard of a program like that. And I mean, that is phenomenal. Oh. I mean, you're not slowing down, Johnny and friends is not slowing down. You've Absolutely. done this for more than 40 years. Yep. This is so amazing. Well, we'll have 59 family retreats here in the U.S. this summer. And, uh, oh, I'm going to say a little less than that number in developing nations uh, around the world this summer. And uh, and our friends watching, we'll give all the training. Not, don't even worry if you don't have a, a disability awareness. We'll train you. Just come a day early to the retreat, and you might end up carrying uh, food trays in the cafeteria line for a wheelchair user. Or you might be playing baseball with a kid with Down syndrome. You might be uh, hanging out with a kid with autism. You might. Uh, there's all kinds of ways. Um, helping people worship, holding hymnals. Um, just being the hands of some kid with no hands uh, in an arts and crafts center. So there's all kinds of ways you can help, and we'll give all the training. Just go to, as you said, johnnyandfriends.org and visit our family retreat page and sign up for a family retreat in your area. Johnny, what's, what's the God-given dream in your heart and hopes for the church when oh. it comes to ministering to the disabled and being a champion? Well, God's power shows up best in weakness. We're told that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And so if churches want to experience the power, if they want to release an explosion of power in their congregation, then go find the weak. Go find the vulnerable. Gosh. Pack them into your pews. People with wheelchairs, white canes and walkers, just, just get the weak into your congregation. and God's power will explode because our vision, our dream is to uh, help every person with a disability find hope, dignity, and their place in the body of Christ. So churches need to get prepared to experience that power of God as people with disabilities come into the fold of the fellowship. Amen. Yep, amen. Amen. I, I am so honored to co-serve with you on the front line. Yeah, and you to, do. To challenge the church. Yes. Don't just go out there and pray for revival. Go and be the hands and feet. Yes summon them in. Um, Johnny, there is someone who might be watching right now mm -hmm. who either themselves have had an ailment of physical disability handicap that either they were born with or now they're struggling with and they're discouraged right now or oh. a parent out there of yes. a child. Look into that camera and speak to their heart as yes. the Lord leads, please. Oh, absolutely. And and I would share with you who are watching, you who feel overwhelmed, a parent, a child, a young person with a disabling condition. I get it, I understand, I resonate. Again, there's not a morning I wake up that I don't think, I don't have strength for this, I have no resources for this. God, I cannot do this one day more, quadriplegia, I'm so tired of this. So if you wake up that way, if you wake up like that, like me, celebrate it because it's your chance to go to God and say, I cannot do it, but I can do all things through you, Lord Jesus, as you've strengthened me. And the first way he can strengthen you 
is for you to first give him all your weakness, all your inability, all your rebellion. Remember that story I told earlier? You don't have to break your neck to find God or get close to him. Give all of it to him and let his life take a grip in your heart. And oh my goodness, the joy, the strength, the power, the resources that will overflow as you live your life moment by moment. Jesus, I can't do this. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I'm rebellious. Jesus, I have so much weakness. Jesus, I'm prone to depression, discouragement. Make me and mold me into the person you want me to be today. I can't do life, but I can do all things through you as you strengthen me. Those are good words for you tomorrow morning when you wake up. So step into that reality mm. and leave the discouragement behind. Mm. And my friend, I want you to know that, that whether we have a disability or not, that if you're brokenhearted, um, Johnny has so many books. Uh, the, the latest one, I don't know which one it was, but... Um, songs of Suffering. That's I, Songs right? of Suffering. Yep. That, if you need, if you know that, yes, I know I need to read my Bible. Yes, I know I need to go to church and pray. Yes, I have a devotional. No. Go and check out Songs of Suffering. It will draw your heart close to His bosom. Mm -hmm. And He will tenderize your heart and open your ears to His soft-spoken mm -hmm. love for you, where you can embrace Him and know that He embraces yes. you through your suffering. Johnny, this conversation has Thank blessed you. me oh, and me I know too. millions of people out there. We love you. We're praying for you. And Ken, God bless you and your Thank marriage you. continually and all your team and all the legacy of impact across the nations for many oh. generations. And thank you, Nick, for, for uh, Life Without Lambs. I often think that God has raised you up to step into that role that I once enjoyed many, many mm. decades ago. Mm. And how excited I am to know that you're taking the gospel to places around the world where there's such a need for hope and help and the light of, of the truth of God's word. Thank you for that. You've inspired the next generation of co-servers and ambassadors alike to look at you and the ministry and your marriage as an incredible example of joy through it all mm. and, and commitment unto death unto mm. him. Johnny, I know that you love singing. Is there one hymnal <laughs> that you would love to at least quote oh or share goodness. a couple lines? Oh, or? Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. I sing this to Jesus every night when I can't get to sleep because of pain. Thou hast bid me gaze upon thee, and thy beauty fills my soul. For by thy transforming power, thou hast made me whole. Mm. I sing that to him at about two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning when I can't get to sleep because of pain. And it just, just chases away the anxiety and fear, just to worship the Lord Jesus in that way. So my voice isn't what it used to be, honestly, Nick, but I still enjoy singing as best I'm able. Johnny, we love you. God bless you. And you thank too. you for sharing everything as you have committed unto him to the world. We love you. God bless you. You too. My friends, please go to johnnyandfriends.org. And I want to thank you um, for prayerfully considering to financially supporting Johnny and Friends Ministry, praying for them, engaging in family retreats, Wheels for the World, and however God 
uses even your local university to engage in the next generation to make a difference in the name of Jesus and being the champion for the brokenhearted, those affected with disabilities. My friends, thank you for watching, and I encourage you to visit also Champions for the Brokenhearted on our website, lifewithoutlimbs.org, where you can find additional resources and information. I also want to, again, invite those who are passionate about serving the brokenhearted to join our circle of champions where you can take part in our mission. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Uh, here at Life Without Limbs for being with us all here today. I love you so much. God loves you so much. Take care. God bless. And we'll see you next time.